Here's the deal. Earlier when Todd mentioned that there were 52 people baptized, it was kind of like we were at a golf course and it was kind of, that's good. How about this? Let me say it one more time. There were 52 people baptized in the last few weeks. Anytime there is even one baptism on any Sunday morning, like the, the eruption of just you going nuts for them, like that should happen every week. But to be in a place, to be in a church that you've experienced 52 uh, in these last couple of weeks. I was at camp with our students to see those 20. I was in the pool for that. That is always a highlight has been for all of these years a highlight for me uh, to be able to be there um, and to see life change happen. Uh, it is, it's always so amazing. So students, keep living for the Lord. Keep doing what you were doing. Hey, I love Not Ashamed so much. I'm just continuing talking about it this week. Is that all right with everybody? If it's not, that's all I got. So uh, you're gonna have to, I don't know, go somewhere else. But um, as we continue that, I'm gonna ask those of you who can and who will to stand in reading, in honor of reading the scripture this morning, turn to Romans chapter one, verses 16 and 17, and we find these words there. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Can you stand where you're at today? Looking back over the last week, last month, last year of your life, and can you truly say that with full integrity, full heart, ready to come into this next week of life, can you say that? For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because really and truly, like there's no greater thing that we get to stand for, get to believe in, get to sing about when we come in into worship. There is nothing greater than we get to say, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Does that define you this morning? If you are here today and those words are not typical of you, if those are not necessarily in your spiritual vocabulary list, today could be the day where that could happen and transpire in your life to join those of us who were able to stand and truly say with our lives, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and I am not ashamed. God, today, would you inspire, would you encourage, would you let loose inside of all of us any fear? Would you allow it to leave us to disappear from our lives, from our vocabulary? Would you allow it to be gone from us so that we could stand in every conversation, in every situation, and be able to say, because of what Jesus Christ has done in my life, I will not be ashamed, I will not cower, I will not back down. I will speak the truth in love and I will let as many people as I possibly can know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and I am not ashamed. Jesus, we do. We love you. We thank you for what you endured on the cross. 
We thank you that we now serve a risen Savior. The grave is empty. For every fear, there is an empty grave. And we thank you for that. So Jesus, today we honor you, we trust you, and as I speak for you, I pray that you would hide me behind your cross so that you are seen, you are heard, and we give you all the glory and all the honor. It's in your name we pray it all, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. Have a seat, have a seat. It is so good to be with you guys. I was in the 8.30 service, and then uh, Steve drove me out to uh, the 10 a.m. service, so I got to preach in both of those. John asked me a while back and just said, hey, will you preach for me on August the 4th? And I said, gladly but I really wanna be able to preach at North. I just miss it so much, like it is a new life, it's a new lease on life, it's just, it's so much fun. To, and, 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 and if I told you that we were there every Sunday at 6.30, I don't know if you would be as energized or whatever, but I can't wait. I get there about 5.45 usually every Sunday. And just the excitement level, like it, it's just, it's so much fun. Because one, you get to hang out with people who are working hard and they love what they're doing. And then, and then you get to teach the word. And if that doesn't excite you, and then last week we got to baptize a, a family of six, like it was just phenomenal. So if those things don't excite you about the gospel, here's the deal, I don't know what will. You might need to check your pulse. But if 52 baptisms, 20 at camp, and then all, like if, if that does not excite you, you're gonna have to check your excitement. You're gonna have to figure out what it is because those are the things that get me going. Here's what I know is that for over 100 years, this church has not been ashamed of the gospel. For the last 15 almost, September will be 15 years with you guys. I don't know how you've put up with me this long, but 15 years in one spot, it has been a blast. It has been so much fun. But I have come to realize that these last 15 only resound the first 100 or so of this church, that we are not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed to stand on this stage and to open up God's word and to read it exactly what it says about it. Not to change it, not to, not to try to water it down or whatever, but it is still 100% true and accurate 100% of the time in 100% of every audience that we would be able to speak it to. And so here's my deal today. As we talk about being unashamed, it means not restrained by embarrassment. Maybe there was a point in time that you uh, said something about Jesus and maybe there came some embarrassment because people didn't agree with you or whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Man, if you would just, if you would be busy about loving those people and then earning the right to speak truth into their lives, truth is still truth whether they believe it or not. Truth is still truth whether you speak it or not. It does not change. It does not change from this church to the next church unless that church decides to do something other than what's in here. But you have been given the gospel for a reason. The gospel is the good news of salvation. It's God's word. So my question to you this morning, in all of the years that you've been a part of Euless, are you truly part of the fellowship of the unashamed? Because if so, and you've seen God do some amazing things. You've been able to see, like in student ministry, we've been able to see God do so much throughout the years. And I've loved every, I would relive every one of those 15 years. Maybe not every little incident inside of all of those 15 years, but I would relive all 15 of those years. 
But here's what has happened. The last 15 years with you, it's been amazing. But here's the deal. It is on the shoulders of every one of us in this room to live out the gospel in such a way that every one of those kids and adults who last week went under the water and came back up wearing those navy blue shirts that say, not ashamed, it is on our shoulders, it is in our hearts that we should be the example and be the church that they would be able to see that kind of an example, to walk out of there, to go to school, to go to work, to do all of those things and to not be ashamed of the gospel. It's on you. It's not just who stands here and preaches on Sunday morning. It's not just on those who are teaching in connection. It's on all of us. And if all of us were doing it, man, man, there's no telling what God would be able to do here. So here's the deal. In the last year, the Lord has led us as a church to, to vote to start a North Campus, which I am forever grateful. I question your uh, person that you chose to be that campus pastor, but I am stoked on life that you have given me that great opportunity we changed the name to Cross City. Why? So we could be able to bridge the gap between those two locations. One church, two locations. And then we voted to move forward with plans to renovate and build a more family-friendly place. Why? So that one more person could come to know Jesus Christ. One more person. It's what we've said all of these years about camp or Wednesday nights or whatever. Is that If we do all of this, for one student to take their first or their next step with Jesus Christ, it's all worth it. And my bet is that if you pulled everyone on piano, guitar, drums, if you pulled Bosch, like if you asked any one of us on staff, is every Sunday morning to go through all of this, the people running cameras, like if you, if you pulled all of those people and said, is it worth it, even if one person takes their next step? If your answer is wrong, you're in the wrong business. If your answer is no, you're in the wrong business. But then you got to see 72 people. Like that just shows you that God is doing some amazing things. In the last year, we at Euless have seen over 112 baptisms. God is doing some great stuff. 20 of those were at flight week. God is doing some great things. 71 new members have joined here in, in the Euless location. 156 new people are serving, doing something new for the kingdom at North. You gave us 100 of your best. And I realize, Kathy Jones, I think at times she's still a little upset, like, and, and, and Chris, like, like we took 100 of some of the best volunteers here and they are killing it at North. They are kill, they're doing so much good. Here is what has been able to happen in the last 28 weeks. 15 people have been baptized so far, six last weekend. 22 new people have stepped into serving. 19 people have joined by membership through our next step classes. And we had our first kids craze uh, that went on. We had over 60 kids there and over 70 workers. All of this because of your faithfulness, because of your heart for ministry, because of your passion for Jesus Christ. Now we're able to do even more ministry outside of just right here in Euless. One church, two locations. I just wanted to say thank you on behalf of all of Cross City North. Thank you guys so very much. So I asked a few of the people from North, I said, hey, help me preach Sunday morning. What would you want people in Euless to know about North? And so Becky Lamb, for those of you who know Becky, I love Becky. Uh, here's what she said. When you walk into CCN, we, that's just our short abbreviation, CCN, everyone is there ready to work. Usually it's 10 to 20% of the people doing 100% of the work. At North, it's 100% of the people that are doing 100% of the work. 
Everyone makes sure that everything is covered. Uh, Everyone is pitching in. Everyone works so hard. It's everyone's job. It's so rewarding when you see people return. We remember their names. They join us. It's so personal at North. We really get to know the people that are coming. The relationship piece has been so big in keeping me excited to come each week and has kept us on track with going where we are going. Matt Lorton is one of those families that we were able to uh, recapture. They had moved out to Keller. They were involved in another church or whatever, but Euless was home for them earlier. And so I asked Matt to do the same thing. Here's what he said. This was a little bit longer, but man, it is so good. We vividly remember our first Sunday at CCN. We were intending on just doing a casual visit in support of the Wells family and to just check things out. But what we didn't know was that we would be completely blown away. Our decision to stay with CCN was not taken lightly. We were plugged in at our old church where we led a small group for three years with several families that had become our very close friends. We didn't know that we wanted more until we walked through the doors of CCN. At CCN, we found a church that isn't afraid to teach biblical truths, even in a world where that is not always an easy thing to do. We found a church where we can teach our children that church is more than just sitting in a seat on Sunday morning. We're teaching them that church is about learning who Jesus is, building relationships, and supporting the community around us. At CCN, we have met so many people that have loved us, encouraged us, and made us want to dig deeper. Our children have been loved on, have grown up, and have eventually been baptized there. We truly believe that we are looking for a sense of community and a place to connect, and that's exactly what we found. We believe God has planted CCN here at Byron Nelson to reach out to the community around us. We feel honored to be a part of reaching people and building lives. We've never been more surrounded by people that truly have a servant's heart for people and a common mission to further God's kingdom. We've never been more intentional about building relationships. Our prayer has been for God to use us in a way that would be an answer to others' prayers. We love CCN and are so excited to see that all that God is going to do. And those are just two couples uh, or two families that, that God has just uh, given them a new passion and it given them a new opportunity. And so um, all of this is about this big word proclamation. Proclamation. The proclamation of the gospel here in Euless and there in North. Man, we are all together in it. It's not we're competing for each other uh, or against each other. Man, we're all in this together. And so, man, proclamation with all of those people that came and got baptized, they were proclaiming something that has changed that's different in their lives. They're saying, hey, there was a conversion that happened, and then now I'm following in the next steps of what I'm supposed to do as a believer. If you're here today and your baptism was on the wrong side of the cross, man, join those who last Sunday said, I want to get my baptism on the right side of the cross. Some of you, maybe you were baptized as an infant. Mom and dad thought they were doing their best for you. You couldn't even change your own huggies, right? You didn't know what was going on back in the day, but now you know so much more about Jesus. He's changed your life. Why wouldn't you want to tell people that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and I'm not ashamed? You couldn't do that when you were an infant. You couldn't do that back then, but you can now. Here's the deal. Baptism is a huge leap forward in obedience. It is a great way to proclaim the gospel, the good news. So last week at North, we talked about this. Not ashamed is about identification. Like being able to identify with Jesus Christ. It's me putting uh, my name in the same arena as a Christian, a little Christ. I'm following him. 
And so I put my name on it. My dad used to say, uh, and my mom used to say all the time, no matter where we went, remember whose you are and remember what you represent. Man, that's, that was the identifier. Like I'm, I'm Kent Wells. Like I don't need to mess up the Wells family name, right? And so I was always identified as a Wells. My red hair never allowed me to get uh, away with anything in life. It never did. Like everybody could remember it. It was a redhead. He's the one that broke the window. It was him. Like, it was always me. So I just got to the point where I would just take the blame for things in my family. It was always on me. I just identified in that way. It was me. I messed up. I'm sorry. Forgive me. But this, identifying, it's a good news kind of lifestyle. Do people look at your life and go, man, you believe in the good news of the Bible? Or, or do they look at you and go, bro, what's wrong with you? Like you've been eating some sour lemons, like what's going on in your life? Like there should be an identification of us that when we walk through life, that there should be something that stands out about us. Our faith should go in front of us. Our lifestyle should prove something about us. Like there should be something that identifies us as looking more like him, as sounding more like him every day. Number two, we talked about that it is about proclamation. For I'm not ashamed because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Man, to be able to proclaim that, that your life has been changed, radically changed, it's a bold and confident kind of lifestyle. It takes a bold and confident person to be able to, to, to say some of the things that the Bible would encourage us, that Jesus would want us to say sounding more like him every day, speaking more boldly, securely using your platform. Some of you have some very incredible platforms to be able to preach to people, but are you? Number three, we talked about not ashamed is about application. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed and it is a righteousness that is by faith. Why? Because you and I, the righteous, we should be living our lives by faith, not by our paycheck, not by what feels good and feels comfy. Like we should be living by faith. Some of you haven't taken God up on his challenge even with your own finances to trust him with them. And I challenge you, I, I, I triple dog dare you to start giving to the Lord and to see what he does with that. Why? Because the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. It's a daily devoted kind of lifestyle. So not ashamed last week, now what? I mean, let's break down that word proclamation. To proclaim means to announce it. Yoo-hoo. You in the back row, can't see you all the way up there, but I'm here to announce Jesus is awesome. He's amazing. It's to declare something with your life. It's to profess something about who you are. It's to broadcast it. Sound off. Like it is to do something that puts him on display. That's what it means to proclaim. It's making him famous with your life. He's already famous. So why not make him even more famous with your life as you live on display for him? Some of you are like, man, I just wanna be a good example, man. I, I just, just wanna go through life and, and hopefully people will follow me. I don't really wanna talk about it. Like, do people really wanna talk about it? Let's see if Jesus wants us to talk about it. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and just hope people follow. Go therefore and 
hope you make an impact. Go therefore and be quiet. No, it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching, which means I gotta use my mouth. It means I've got to do something that helps get someone from here to there, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, guess what? He's not gonna call you to something and then leave you all alone in it. I am with you always to the end of the age. Man, here's the deal. So many of us, like, we have trusted Jesus for our salvation. Oh, I want heaven. Give me heaven. We have trusted him for heaven, yet you don't trust him for what's coming up tomorrow. So you've trusted him with all of your eternity, but not tomorrow. You trusted him with all of your eternity, but not to have that tough conversation if we don't have kingdom conversations, here's what we don't have. One, we can't make disciples. If we're not having kingdom conversations, we won't see more people baptized. We'll keep teaching ourselves inside of these connection classes over and over and over again without seeing any life change. Here's the deal, if we come to church and all of you're getting is information, 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 and there's no heart change, and there's no application to get you to go into the world and to change something about your pattern of life, to change something about how you talk to people. If there's none of that, then why are we here? Because last I checked, those who get fat on information, they just get fat on information. There's gotta be application. There's gotta be movement to the gospel. And it happens one by one with you guys. John here is, is saying, our pastor is going to be challenging us as a church to have thousands of kingdom conversations over the course of the next year with people that are in your own sphere of life. You've got people that will never come in here and hear John, but they'll listen to you. You've got some people in your own family that, that will never step foot in the church's door, yet they'll, they will listen to you. And so when John is challenging us that, when I get that chance to do that in North, here's the deal. Here's what a kingdom conversation is. It's when we invite someone to our church or invite someone to talk about the gospel. Incredible things happen when we have those kinds of conversations. But some of us, we are scared to death to have those kinds of conversations. If you were here today and you would just be dead honest, saying, hey, those kinds of conversations, they scare me. Anybody in the room? One person. Liars. <laughs> I'm calling it like I see it. Like those kinds of, con they're, they're tough at times. You got some people that are just amazing. Some people, it's just amazing. But here, more times than not, the things that, that happen is that fear jumps in. You, you're worried about fear or doubt, embarrassment or whatever. Here's the beautiful picture is that when fear sits down, faith stands up. When fear is quietened, when you look at fear and say, shut up, faith gets to stand up. You get to put God on display. Even the most quiet, the most gentle, the most uh, easygoing, I don't really want to talk to me, you will still have in your lifetime the opportunity to affect and influence well over 10,000 people. Man, use the opportunity that's in front of you. Kingdom conversations happen when these things happen. 
when we pray kingdom prayers. More times than not, you're not having kingdom conversations because you're not even praying for them. This past week and getting ready to teach this, I was just like, God, man, will you give me some of those kingdom conversations just this week just so I'm able to talk about them on Sunday morning? Last night, go to a restaurant, sitting there, I had my, my bill on top of the table and then all of a sudden my bill, I pick up my napkin and my bill just kind of falls and it almost lands in this lady that's sitting right behind me. It almost falls right into her purse. Well, she sees it falling and then she looks at me and she goes, well, is that, what, is that your way of asking me to pay for your meal? I said, well, if it works, then yes. So I happen to make eye contact with her and then I see that she's got a Sky Ranch shirt on. So what do I do? I just start talking about Sky Ranch and our camp and what we're doing and all of a sudden, I find out that she lives in Keller. All of a sudden, I find out she uh, is going to a church right now. She's not super stoked on life about that church and so what did I get a chance to do? I had a kingdom conversation. I invited her to come to North and she said, I can't be there this Sunday but I want to come and try that out. The lady sitting at the table with her in that conversation, I looked at her and I just said, hey, I'm Kent, I get, I get the great opportunity. And she's like, I saw your Jeep out there after I told her it was Cross City, I can't hide anymore. And so, and she said, um, I saw your Jeep and I said, yeah, I would love, do you go to church anywhere right now? And she said, not at all. She said, but I would love to come. I said, uh, she said something about uh, teaching and all that kind of stuff. And I said, well, we got some great teachers. And I mentioned Becky Lamb's name. And all of a sudden she goes, you know Becky Lamb? I was like, yes, I know Becky Lamb. And so we just had another 15 minute conversation. But here's the deal. I believe those two conversations and, and, and a couple of other ones that happened this week, I went to, uh, I went to make a hospital visit. One of our kiddos uh, at North, she was sick, had some pneumonia and so went and made a hospital visit. And while we were about to pray for little Kylie, I sat there and the nurse that was in there and she was working on stuff, I said, hey, uh, hey, I'm Kent. And I'm just wondering, is there anything we can pray for you while we're praying for Kylie? She about dropped everything in her hands. Busy, busy, busy. I don't know if anybody's ever asked her that inside of that environment. But little bitty things, we make it into brain surgery. Like, like some of you, you could talk your way into anything. Use it for Jesus. Use it for Jesus. So uh, kingdom prayers, how can I pray? Man, here's some great ways you wanna write them down or whatever. God changed their hearts and opened their eyes to the truth. God convinced them of your love for them and their need for you. These are just simple ways of asking God, God, show me how to minister to these people. You got people at work, you'd rather smack them than to pray for them, start praying for them. You won't wanna smack them anymore. God, give me boldness. Man, you're like, can I pray for myself? Yes, you have not because you ask not. You, you don't have wisdom in how to pray because you're not asking for it. Get busy and begin to have those prayer kingdom kind of prayers. Number two, kingdom conversations happen when we share our kingdom story. You're here today, you're a child of God, heir to the throne. Guess what? You have a kingdom story. Man, you'll tell everybody about the, the home run your kiddo hit yesterday and you got a video of it and all that kind of stuff. All those people that are watching that, do they know where you stand with Jesus? Had a student come to me at camp, said something about her friend that, um, best friend in the world, she didn't get to come to camp. And I said, well, does that friend know uh, where you stand with Jesus? Do you know where she stands uh, for all of eternity? And she said, no. I said, then you can't call her a friend. And there's a lot of people in our lives that we would say, man, these are close friends. 
if you don't know where they stand for all of eternity because you're too scared to have that gospel conversation, are you a friend? I'm talking to myself. And a friend, greater love have no one than this, than they would lay down their life for their friend. Kingdom conversations happen when you share your story. When's the last time you shared your story? Maybe pick one form of social media today and go and write out your gospel story. Go out and write what God has done in your life. Put that out there instead of the stuff that you find on there. And you're like, oh, that's clever, that's awesome. No, give them the truth of what God has done in your life. How cool would it be that every one of us in this room, we chose social media today, we, we took 20, 30 minutes to, to write it up, and then we put it out there. Romans 10, 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. It was through the word of Christ that you came to know the Lord. Man, use those platforms. It's one cul-de-sac, one neighborhood, one school, one conversation at a time. Number three, kingdom conversations happen when we ask kingdom questions. Do you believe in God? Who is he to you? Do you ever think about life after all of this? Man, when people are talking about Dayton, when people are talking about El Paso, you use that as the open door that God has given you to drive the Mack truck of the gospel through and begin to love on them in a way that they would be able to see hope in the face of the crazy life that they live in. If God is who the Bible says he is, then what? If heaven is real, how do you get in? If you were standing before God and God were to say, why should I let you into heaven? What's your answer to that? And those are just some questions. But then the questions that you're gonna get, kingdom conversations happen when we answer their kingdom questions, even when they don't realize their kingdom questions, like the why. Why all of this is going on? Why is there so much craziness in the world? Man, it can all go back to that day and moment and the time in the garden. Sin entered into the picture for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Sin is the thing that damages our relationship with the Lord. That's why all of this, the who. If they ask you who is the God or who, who is it that you are saved by, who is it that you go to church and worship, if you miss this one, Take your Bible and slap yourself across the face with it. I told our students on all our mission trips, if these kids ask you or these adults ask you why you're here and you miss that one, put yourself on the plane and go home. Jesus, hopefully he's the reason why you're here this morning. Some of you are like, I didn't know why I was here and then you're here and then it's like, wow, this is weird. Jesus, he lived a sinless life. He is the son of God. He offered himself as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. For God made him who knew no sin, Jesus, to be sin on our behalf so that we might become in him the righteousness of God. And back to the righteous will live by faith. So the who, the why is sin, the who is Jesus, the how is one word. It's not come to church, it's not be better in life, it's not tithe, it's not anything, it's this one word believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal everlasting life. Man, it's based on who you believe in. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not on your own doing. Why? Because it is a gift of God. It's not a result of you doing good enough because you can't brag about this one. On your best day, wearing your best suit, coming to church, singing on your best, best of all singing, you still couldn't have got into heaven without Jesus. 
It's not on you, it's on him. And then the last, kingdom conversations happen when we invite them to be part of the kingdom. And simply inviting people to church Simply doing your part to, to ask them, hey, are you ready? Asking some of those biggest questions. When, when we're all going to camp, I ask all of the adults there, are you ready? I ask those student pastors, are you ready? Why? Because if you're not ready, man, it's gonna be a, a long, tough week. Same goes with these people. Like if they're ready to change, if they're ready uh, to, to go in a different direction, if they're ready to embrace Jesus, then, then why wouldn't we ask them, hey, Come. Come and join in on the fun of what it is to follow. Invite them to be a part of the kingdom. Faith saves. The faith that saves us is only the faith that trusts in him. Jesus, there's only one name that can forgive. There's only one name that we get to spend all of eternity because of that name. So with heads bowed this morning and eyes closed, can I ask you this morning, with everything that you've got, like if you were to check your heart of hearts, can you truly proclaim Jesus with your life and have integrity in doing so? Have you come to that place where you've placed all of your faith, all of your hope, and all of your trust in Jesus Christ? Guess what? That's what this church will continue to proclaim. That's what we will proclaim out north for as many people who will listen. Jesus, he is the who of our salvation. Some of you, you need to come today and you need to claim your sin before Jesus and you need to say, hey, this is what's been keeping me from you and today I surrender my sin, I surrender my life to you and I trust you for my salvation. So there will be a, a few people who will be standing down front if, if you need anything at all, you wanna ask them, you want to trust them with your life? And they would love nothing more than to do that. As we sing this last song during this invitation time, if you need anything at all, if you want to join this church, you want to come and be a part of what this invitation says, Jesus and Jesus alone, we would love nothing more than to have you. So at the end of all of this, go proclaim him.